0: To a special edition of Dungeons and Diapers, uh, this is a Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler cast conversation featuring myself, Crofton Steers, one of the two hosts of the Dungeons and Diapers podcast, as well as the other host of the Dungeons and Diapers podcast. I'm talking about Ryan Murphy. Welcome to the spoiler cast, Ryan.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, you know, uh,
0: nine months after release um ryan i will say to you hmm. that if there if we weren't going to do a spoiler cast like right after release this is about the next best time and do you want to know why
1: uh is, is it because they're releasing the movie in theaters again
0: yes ryan yes it is they are releasing it so even we didn't get the spoiler cast in last time now they're releasing it again it will be top of mind again and this time we'll be early we'll be releasing and then they'll be like wow they have a spoiler cast already the movie's not even out yet
1: that's true and also it is available on streaming at least in canada that's how i watched it uh on amazon prime video so there you go
0: Just a couple of things before we get started. Number one, this is not the new version that we're talking about. So the new version has a couple of extra scenes, the more fun version or whatever we're talking about. The OG version that was released late last year is now available on digital uh, streaming. We talked about it on Dungeons and Diapers, but we never went into the spoilers of it all um and and you know the timing was never right we were always pooched after our shows or whatever uh we were already wordy gentlemen and we just couldn't find the time to add more words so now we we are doing this if this uh approach is popular if people like this sort of thing we can look about doing it for other things be it games movies or whatever books (laughs) i'm just kidding we don't read um but uh you know something something of that nature so um Moving ahead, needless to say, the title and the feed should say this, as well as everything we've said so far, there be spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, Um, the third movie in this MCU Spider-Man trilogy after Homecoming and Far From Home. I'm sure I will mess up the home titles multiple times in this episode. Uh, And so, yeah, Ryan, uh, let's let's just jump into it, I guess. Uh, Do you have any disclaimers, remarks you want to make before we go?
1: uh no disclaimers i think that uh as you said we can talk about anything and everything and and again i think this is this movie is contained enough um that we won't be spoiling i don't think we'll be spoiling other mcu stuff although um this movie does lead directly into uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness although i think which it's, i
0: have not seen
1: yeah it's separate enough that I don't think we'll go that far, but this movie does include Dr. Strange, but we will not be venturing outside of this film in terms of the MCU.
0: So let me start by saying I giggled when you said this movie is contained because, you um, (laughs) but you can get, well, well, here's, here's the deal is, is like, and and I don't want to get right into beefs with the movie, but I, I, I'm rewatching it. Um, uh, recently for the first time and you know since I watched it the first time um, and, and you know looking at it with fresh eyes are some things that come become clear and one of the major things for me Ryan is how much baggage is required to to get the full experience out of this movie or even understand it period um, and there's these websites every once in a while that will say like okay this is this these are all the movies in the MCU. To watch this one, you need to have seen or be aware of these other ones. And, like, you'll get a sense. Like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie, even though it's, like, the 10th or whatever MCU movie, it says, like, it will say, like, you don't need to have watched any other movies to see this. To, to understand Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you need to have watched Guardians of the Galaxy 1. That's it, right? Like, to understand... You know, Avengers: Infinity War. You need to have watched to get it all. You need to watch X, Y, Black Panther, blah blah blah. You know, all Avengers one, two, and like the, there'll be a. The list gets longer and longer. Well, I would venture to say there is no movie that probably exists that you need to have watched more movies to really get the full thing out of than this movie. Like I, w- I was, I was thinking about because you need to have watched or at least most of all the OG Spider-Mans, like the Spider-Man and uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all of them, because they're in this movie. uh, You need need to have watched, and and you need to have a sense of what their story is. You need to have watched uh, the Avengers movie to kind of essentially, like everything with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and why they have a relationship. You need to have watched the Homecoming and Far From Home, Like, it just seems like it's a pretty big laundry list to really understand what's going on in this movie before you even sit down. Is that fair to say, do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I I think uh, that's accurate. I mean, I was more referring to contained in that. I don't think we need to spoil anything. uh, Well, we don't need to spoil anything past No Way Home. But you're right. Like, previous films, obviously, there's a lot leading into this, you know, Endgame, uh, Infinity War, you're absolutely right, and and yeah, diving further, I wonder if if you haven't seen the other Spider-Man films, does that ruin the experience? Like, I mean, I I think like I think not seeing those, I've seen all of them, obviously, so it's hard for me to say for sure. But if you yeah. hadn't seen the McGuire or the Garfield Spider-Man films, I think you can still appreciate that there are, that these are just different Spider-Man who have been through different adventures uh but but then there are these specific connections between the villains from those films you know uh Tommy maguire and uh Alfred molina's doc ock oh, there's yeah. some moments there um
0: you have to know kind of what's wrong with each of the villains yeah, you know you're um, right and and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage i just think about the idea of like saying somebody walks in or or it goes into Rotten Tomatoes and it's like, what are some of the high-reviewed movies of last year? Oh, this superhero movie is rated super high. I'm going to watch this. I've never seen any of the other ones. I know Spider-Man, though, generally. Put it on. I feel like their mind would just be like, I just – I don't understand what's going on here. And I will say that Gwen and I watched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse last uh, this week for the first time and um, together. I've, I've obviously seen it before. And she's not – familiar with Spider-Man's lore. And I realized that Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse does a really good job of onboarding people. And Miles' story is all self-contained in that movie. But if you don't know the beats of Spider-Man, which I do from multi... Multiple generations of properties, then then it's hard. Like I had to pause and explain things to her all the time in that movie, and she's like, "I don't get it." I like, what's this and that? Oh, who's this old woman they're going to see? That's his aunt May. Oh, you don't know who Aunt May is? Oh, blah, 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 you know, like it's not a great jumping on point, but it was a better jumping on point than say Spider Man No Way Home is, which you you know is this direct sequel to Far From Home like literally direct the opening scene of this film is the ending scene of far from home. They, they continue straight up and far from home ended with that, that cliffhanger. Right. Um, And they just pick it up here and, and, you know, far from home, very much the sequ- sequel to homecoming. But the difference is, Between Homecoming and Far From Home, that's when Endgame happens and the blip and all of that. So Far From Home has to do a lot of lifting to sort of set up like that Iron Man, his mentor from the first movie is dead. It happened between the two movies. Um, And all of this. So this entire trilogy has been really weaved in with the larger MCU. You can't just watch it very well movie to movie to movie without having at least watched the the Avengers movies. uh, Because they play a big role. And Stark's tech plays a big role with Mysterio and Far From Home and all of this. And then this movie starts. And Ryan, I don't know about you, but like on rewatch, it – it occurred to me what a what a sprint this movie starts with. Like the first fifteen minutes are crazy town. Like so much happens in the first fifteen minutes, including everything from like the daredevil camera cameo to the police interrogations to the um you know like the the, the swinging sequences with MJ uh early on. Like there's a lot there's a lot that happens because the core conceit of the movie and and the spell and all of that, like they want to get there as quick as possible, but they have to do a lot of, a lot of work in short order to get there, Uh, including moving into happy's condo, all sorts of other stuff, applying for college. Like this all happens. Bam, 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 bam. So quick in the first 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, you are right. Um, I think, I think what I've really enjoyed about the MCU Is, you know, some of the problems you're raising is like, it's very connected. You have to watch most, if not all the stuff. I think each film has its own requirements. Um, Some are longer than others, but I, and and you're right, this one, it has the longest laundry list of them all. But for me, it's just such a fun movie. And you're right. It moves at such a quick pace. There's always something new to experience. They, They pack a lot into that two and a half hours. Or roughly around there, and I think that's where not every movie is going to be for everyone. But it felt like they crafted this movie for me, you know, like not specifically me, but for for folks who are all in on the MCU, enjoyed a lot of the Marvel properties. I think you're starting to see, you know, uh, well, no, I was about to go. No, I'm not going to go there. It was about to spoil, do something, break a promise.
0: But can can I jump in and say say I agree? I think that this movie was made for Ryan Murphy. Uh, And what I mean by that is I mean somebody whose main exposure and nostalgia for Spider-Man is the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. uh, And who has since been immersed in the MCU and is fully in on Tom Holland and then bringing all that together. Because – Going back to Into the Spider Verse, and I don't want to spoil that movie too much because that's not what we're talking about, and that's an amazing movie and it's totally worth worth watching. But um, the opening of that movie has Spider Man doing a monologue about like you guys all know the drill, you know I I you know I have a Christmas album, I'm a blah blah blah. He goes through this laundry list of things, and he but he mentions. Um, I had a successful television show and it's like the 1960s Spider-Man show, which is what I grew up watching, like in syndication. Uh obviously, that's my nostalgia point. So it feels like into the spider-verse is is like you know, is talking to me where I'm where I live, whereas No Way Home is talking to your generation, the people that grew up or that were like heavily invested not necessarily in the comic books not necessarily in the animated series but like their entry point was Toby Maguire's films uh and, and in, in that way the movie is absolutely meticulously crafted like it really is crafted in a way um that like it it's trying to do the impossible and essentially succeeds uh but on rewatch I was just struck by how much of it is like like moment to moment enjoyable because it as you as I, we were saying it goes at breakneck speeds it's just going 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 joke 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 character bit this and that so good but when you zoom out uh, you know uh, stuff starts to dri- like stuff started to drive me nuts the, the whole the whole and i know there's been a lot of ink spilled on this already the whole like the conceit for the movie for 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 doing what they did was it was essentially peter's talking to doctor strange during a spell and that spell doctor strange doing for peter without even being sure that he had you know, done the due diligence of like co- talking to the admissions people like it's because his friends weren't in college. He was going to wipe the minds of the entire plan. It's just like you have to be on board with an absolutely ridiculous concept. And it's funny because Mary Jane or Michelle MJ talks to uh, talks to um, Tom Holland, Spider Peter Parker afterwards when they were at, and, and says, you know, next time. Before you do something like this, maybe you want to bounce it off us first, you know. And uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, fair, fair point. But it's just he just looks so stupid, and everything about it. Then it's the whole co- concept of the movie. Everything, you know, it's not about people knowing Spider-Man's identity anymore. It's about it's about tracking down. Like it really feels like somebody had an idea. We want to merge. All these villains. We want all these villains in this movie. We want all these Spider-Man in this movie. We want to do a Spider-Verse. How do we get there? That's what it sort of feels like. And uh, that part I didn't like as much. Even if I liked how it unfolded and all that, I just felt that that was like they had a really cool story that they could have done with, with like his spider-man i feel like they could have had a whole movie where people knew he was spider-man and it was wrecking his life and there was a villain and all of this and and then this could have been the movie after that where finally um it, it, and it could have happened in a different way uh the whole doctor strange of it all just felt like a writer's room trying to find a way for this to happen i don't know if you agree or disagree <laughs> I'll, um, I'll shut up
1: I, I mean here's the thing uh i like yeah into the spider-verse came out sony saw dollars and like man this is great let's throw as many and a cynic could say like well they did that they they we don't know if it's it's going to repeat itself with uh, the next film but i i would think it will it's probably going to do well when when the next film comes out that they split into two films um but You know, you're also looking at this as like this is the third Spider-Man film with the MCU. Uh, There was a major breakup between Disney and Sony that almost saw Spider-Man leave the MCU. And I would imagine that the pitch for Spider-Man 3 was Into the Spider-Verse did well. Let's do one of those. But live action. Sony has all the rights. We can throw millions of dollars at these actors who uh, were playing Spider-Man, both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, uh, had their careers as Spider-Man cut short, their careers are doing fine. I mean, Tobey Maguire is, hes not in much, but I think that's by his own personal choice. And Garfield's working like on a new project uh, all the time. There's always something coming out that he's in. He wer- he works very hard. Um, but we like I, I I think that's where this came from. Is just I think Into the Spider-Verse did well, and and they wanted to do a live-action version. Sony had the you know had the connections to do that. And I think they brought back a, a really you know, great cast of previous villains and previous heroes. But like if you look into a lot of like the development of this film, you know, originally it was just supposed to be the villains and Andrew Garfield and Tobey McGuire were supposed to be like post credit scene type stuff like that was their original pitch. And, you know, I think it was it was probably, you know, Kevin Feige at, at, M, at the Marvel Studios that said, like, no, like if we're going to bring them in, let's bring them in, you know, let's put them into the story. Let's make sure that they're present. And yes, you're right. Like they probably could have. And I think this is where we thought it was heading is they could have done a whole film, uh, about some, everyone knowing Peter Parker, Spider-Man. But I think then that would have gotten a little old. Like we've, ex- we've explored like every villain in the Tobey Maguire, uh, series, Finds out Spider-Man is Peter Parker and they go after someone uh, close to him, whether it's Aunt May or or MJ. And I mean it's just it's a repeating cycle. That that is a common thread, right?
0: What what I, I would just say is that um J. Jonah Jameson is notorious in the comic books for going after Spider-Man. He he's he's essentially behind the origin of the scorpion. Uh pretty much you know bankrolls a a a guy to um to develop the scorpion to to hunt down spider-man he bankrolls alistair spencer Smythe and the the spider slayers even goes so far as putting his face on one of these spider slayer robots i just thought with far from home concluding with J Jonah Jameson, you could very much have like, it's public, you know, he puts a bounty on Spider-Man. The whole movie could be like the spider slayers or just different things. Spider-Man takes them down in the end, but realizes what an impact this is having on his life, whatever. Like, I'm not saying that they're still stuck with the doctor strange of it all. And now I'm just fan writing. Right. Like, which is, which is what this is. I agree with what you're saying about, you know, spider verse did well all, all of those corporate mash, machinations were there, and I, I felt the corporate. I, I feel the corporate machinations with this movie, all the time. But, and this is kudos to the film, the, um, the heart is still there, and the heart exists on two fronts. It exists in the the toby Maguire and the andrew garfields and it's this so the villains and their soulful performances almost uniformly all around um like like alfred molina kills it uh um william Dafoe kills it you know jamie fox does better in this film than he did in his like the, the, it's just it's you know uh really really impressive all around and then the heart is in and where i think that they wanted it to be most of the film is in um the ned uh mj and peter uh friendship and dynamic and all of that that's been with us now throughout this trilogy and i like uh, like just to be clear mj while inspired by mary jane watson parker is not at all she's an original creation for these for this Series Ned, while it's you know sharing a name with Ned Leeds and in in, in in the comic books, is a complete different character. He's created for these films, they are MCU creations. Um, they're, they're film creations. Uh, Peter Parker is a, oh, the only one who is pretty much the same. And I, over the course of three movies, have just loved these characters. Um, and I have no affinity of them from the comic books. If anything, I was like, "Oh, you know, what are they doing with Mary Jane here? Like, is this going to be?" But no, I, I, I so I thought they, they they nailed it. And in fact, like. Far From Home, which is the one where they go on the trip to Europe and again take Spider Man out of New York. They do so many things that I think would normally not be great, but they have the teachers and the field trip and the John Hughes ness of it all. I love that stuff. And I love that stuff in this movie as well, but it wasn't much. Like it wasn't, there was some bits, but it's, you know, it's got to make way for everything. And there's just so much in this movie. Um, and, and like, as much as I love that and I love their friendship and I love, uh, I I love that the, the, um, the, the whole killing off of Aunt May and stuff, uh, I, I, I felt that that could have been in a different movie. Like it just felt like, you know, I, I don't know, like for a guy who botched a spell and it led to all these villains, what was just kind of like a fun plot, then suddenly Aunt May, gets killed and it's to make it make him bond with the other spider-man really like oh yeah my uncle died and everybody's like okay they had their moment and I, i don't know i i wasn't i wasn't a fan of that i love marissa tomei as aunt may but i i just i felt that she didn't need to be killed um you know, like I, I, I can see the argument about it's it's Tom Holland's Spider-Man developing and like, you know, like the other Spider-Man stop him from from doing something he'll regret. But I don't know. I just I felt that everything else was so lighthearted and he's back to his aunt just died and he's talking about how the web comes out of the guy's arms. And like it just felt like to, it was a tonal shift that I could have done with
1: yeah, I mean, it goes back to how busy the film is. And and one minute you've got, you know, Sandman sitting on a couch and he's he's wiping sand off the couch as as literal sand. It it, it, it It's those funny moments. And then you're right, like it kind of it's a bit of a roller coaster. And I think that, um, you know, it also gives them the opportunity to use the line that they haven't used before, which is with great power comes great responsibility and Aunt May delivers the line uh, alluding to maybe it was something that, you know, Uncle Ben had said, who we know ex- existed in this universe, but um, not much exploration, only that he has passed away. Uh, but yeah, like I, I I feel you like I think that Aunt May, you know, dying in this film, it it did it felt a little like it felt like they were kind of moving too quickly like with with that character in terms of like having her die i know she,
0: she was it, earlier in this film she was like kind of jokingly breaking up with happy with a fling and all this she's offering a glass of water to Doc. she's just like like you know I, I'm not saying she's not an important character in Peter's life. Obviously, she is. It's it just feels like the the comedy to tragedy thing there with Aunt May was 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 a lot. Like I and I'm just for me, it's just it's it's the whole it, it's such a weird thing, right, Ryan? Because this movie is so well made in so many ways. It's so well crafted, it serves so many masters, it plays to so many different people's emotions. Um but it's also insanely messy and is not a movie that you would show to anybody in a vacuum. And even with the context, it's like, Oh man, it's tough. And like, part of me, I think you're like, it's like two hours hours and a half. It flies by. It's like, go, go, go. Uh, And there, now they have the more fun stuff edition. It feels like it could have been two movies easily. um, If, if, if not more. And that's like, you know, whatever that's, that's a neither here nor there complaint. Um, there's a lot of little details that I thought were like, you mentioned the sand thing, but like, like, you know, he gets in a montage early on. He gets like green paint thrown on him uh, as kind of like, shut up, Spider-Man, you suck. Now that they know who he is. I'll, and he's, you know, people think that he, <laughs> he killed Mysterio but but then but then it's like a big thing about that green paint like you see him trying to scrub it out uh and then like wearing his suit backwards like there's just it's just like there's a lot of little details that, that are they're that put in and followed up on and like as i say the craftsmanship of this film is is really high um it just like having watched spider verse again and then watching this movie again it it's just it's hard it's um the action sequences, or what did you think of the action sequences?
1: Um, I I like the action sequences. I felt like uh, I, I felt like all the action was really well done, and I think it's some of the best MCU action sequences we have had. Like I don't know, like it, it's come a long way. I I think with the way they've. Choreograph this stuff. Although I'm expecting you to launch into <laughs> not liking it, but
0: no, I, I I liked I liked it. I liked a lot of it. Although it's it, you know obviously it's super CG heavy. It, this time though, I made a point of trying to follow it because the first time I watched it, the action is so fast because it's Spider Man, right? He's like a human pinball, boing boing boing, you know, bouncing around. I was trying to like when say he was t- t- tangling with Doctor Octopus on the bridge. Early on, I'm trying to follow the beat for beats, like what he does, and it is actually very impressive. And like you know, like I know there's probably tons of people that freeze frame and look and, and all of this, but the the movements and how they how they get them, and even differentiate the different Spider-Man and how they move a little bit different, it's pretty cool. So I, I I thought that was good. I don't want to come off as you know as negative on the film. Again, I keep saying how well crafted it is. It's just For me, um, I, I like, like you've watched Marvel content. I think the only thing I watched after this film, I don't know when Loki came out that I think that was, I'm not sure this film. No, Loki came out before this film. Um, I think this film may be the last piece of Marvel content I've or, or I've watched, and I think that it was like at the moment where I was like, "Okay, whoa, this is this is getting this is getting to be um, uh, too much." And in a way, like skipping ahead right to the end, that last scene where he's lost essentially everything, and they reverted him to a status quo with uh, an original costume and all of this, it feels to me a little bit like they they've essentially tried to put the genie back in the bottle they really wanted spider-man to play nice with the mcu to the point that they introduced him as a bit player in the in a in the civil war movie and and then they had all this stuff he's mentored by iron man it's like he was so mcu heavy like in each movie, it's like there's Nick Fury or there's Mysterio. He was never your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And this movie seemed to get him there. And it made me really excited at the end, just that last swinging sequence and, and the way that he's dressed, the way that it's scored, the way that it's positioned. And the fact that Tom Holland continues to kill it, I think, is Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And I'm excited to see him. I would be excited to see him continue in the, in the role. But... I was like, that's where I had the biggest smile on my face, more than any of the cameos and any of that. I'm like, oh, finally, they're getting him where I want him to be. But that's me personally wanting him to be in a certain place, wanting my flavor of Spider-Man. My flavor of Spider-Man is a guy who stitches his own costume, who doesn't have a ton of gadgets, who says like, you know. Um, Who's who's like fighting, you know, corner crimes and and, and dealing with medium-sized supervillains. Not the Avengers going to different planets. Spider-Man. I did enjoy that conversation with the two other Spider-Men <laughs> yeah. when he was like, he was saying that. I was like, oh yeah, he has done a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, and, and I'm not saying like Spider-Man's been along for so many years in the comics. There's tons of episodes of him going to space or some shit. But like but the reality is like the spider-man that I would like to see is that that friendly neighborhood spider-man and uh it feels like they got him there in the end which i am i, I was happy with but it, it it means as much as I enjoy these movies because especially homecoming and far from home I enjoyed a lot uh this is the one i enjoy the least of the trilogy um and it's too bad because I know it's m- most folks a favorite but i think it's just because it's it's serving to be masters there's too much stuff but i love all the individual moments in it you know yeah uh even happy's sleep apnea machine or whatever like they have just so many bits that that, that are in here that are that continue to be good so would you say where does this rate for you like in terms of marvel marvel movies i it's like I, I, I know I'm trending negative here, but is this like this is one of your faves?
1: Yeah, th- this is one of my most favorite MCU films. I remember um, walking out of the theater and I and I saw it with a with a good friend of mine who's also a huge Spider-Man fan. And I and I turned when the credits rolled, I was actually kind of um, a little bit sad. And I, and I was talking to him. And I said, like, they're never going to do anything like this. This was their one. This was their one live action Spider-Verse that we're going to get. And I like on one hand, I was like kind of bummed that they did it and it's done and it's over. But on the other hand, I was like, but they kind of nailed it. Like, I don't know how else they could have improved upon it outside of maybe giving venom, um, a bigger role, uh, outside of a post credit scene. But like, really when you think about the future of Spider-Man, I think you've got a lot of what folks have been asking for. People have been asking for venom in the MCU. The post credit really sets that up. Um, they've been asking for Spider-Man to be a street level hero, which um, you get that at the end. And and Kevin Feige has, has confirmed that at Comic-Con. He name dropped Spider-Man alongside Daredevil as street level heroes, taking on crimes and such that are, you know, more Kingpin style, like localized city stuff, not aliens invading Earth and trying to, you know, take out half the universe. And I, and I think that I don't know where, how they decided, like, because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, John Watt was the director for this trilogy and he was going to be directing Final Fantasy, or not Final Fantasy, yeah, Fantastic Four. And there was a lot of, like, people were asking Tom Holland, like, oh, do you think you'll be part of Fantastic Four? And I think even Tom Holland, like, at the time, people thought it was, like, contract sort of, you know negotiations, and he was like trying to downplay his importance, but make it seem like he he wasn't going to be involved. But really, he just, I think he was playing more closer to where they left this film, and that like you know Spider Man's done a lot. He doesn't need to be with every single team. He doesn't need to be you know front and center for every film. Like now, Spider Man can just be Spider Man. And you're right, Tom Holland Spider Man got a small amount of screen time to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I think it was really just homecoming where he had some very clear scenes where he was doing that. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, again, like I really love this film, but I'll, I'll fully admit the reason it's my favorite is because it brings forward the idea of the spider verse as well as, uh, the Toby Maguire. I haven't like he, that was my original Spider-Man, you know, uh, encounters where the, the Tobey Maguire films like before that, it really was just I knew of Spider-Man mostly through video games and such, not comics, not TV shows, but just a couple of video games I had played before the movies came out. But even then uh, it was it was limited. So, like, I think this movie kind of brought it all together for me and it was super nostalgic for sure.
0: One thing that's interesting, um, and I was thinking about this because I, I mentioned how Into the Spider Verse started with the this 1960 show, and and how I speculated, which you confirmed there that that you have that nostalgia for the films um, of Tobey Maguire and company. But I just realized that so the Star Wars trilogy, you know, um, everybody kind of. Uh, Agree, agrees or defers to the original trilogy as, like, the definitive text of Star Wars, if you will. Everything flows from it, um, and people try to expand on it and develop it and whatever. But, like, those those three films are, like, gospel. You do not touch them. And even though people may come at Star Wars from different places, so you might be a kid that starts with an animated series or whatever, in the end, you find your way to that trilogy, and that's, that's like, you get the sense of like this is this is what star wars is you know everything else comes off of that um and there are other you know film properties like harry potter or 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 book or properties media properties that have these things like these definitive texts if you will definitive works that everything flows off of and there's multiple films or multiple things but they all have to you know they're all interpretations, adaptations, whatever of these beats that have been laid out or or, or put forward. Spider Man and a lot of superheroes are a bit weird in this regard because they, you know, Batman's somewhat the same thing. In Although Batman has a couple of texts, the Dark Knight Returns uh, amongst them, that are almost seen as definitive. Spider-Man has a lot of great story arcs through the comics and stuff like that, but nothing that you would say, other than perhaps his origin story, that that is like, you know, this is the definitive Spider-Man. Like, he's very malleable in that way. Um, There's a lot of, you know... uh, liberties that have been taken in all the adaptations of Spider-Man and nothing is really a deal breaker. They change things, they move stuff around. Uh And uh I think that's what makes it so interesting so that like for somebody like you who steps in, this is, this is a hundred percent what you're looking for. Uh, when, when, when I, you're like, this couldn't have been done any better, except if they added more, which was venom. You said, um if they had more venom, maybe that would be good too. I, for me, I'm just like there needed to be less of this entire movie. Uh, and what I mean by that is less stuff in it to focus to focus it more and to le- leave the parts that that shine a little bit better. I don't think that like for example, I think that they could have just had some sort of cosmic event or or something that maybe was generated by another property cause all these villains to come in. I don't think they needed it to be Doctor Strange and all this stuff. Like if the core is what they needed is to him to help villains get back to their own universes, it didn't need to be Peter Parker screwing up a dumb spell with Doctor Strange. I think there's other ways he could have get there. Could have been shorter, could have been punchier to get to the parts that people really cared about, which I think is all the stuff with Peter and his friends and his family and all the stuff with the other Peters and such, which I, you know, we haven't talked about much at this point, but I, I just will say um, that they killed it. Both of them. Like they were great. Uh, Toby Maguire, uh, I thought was really stoic in, in a way that suited him. I always thought he was a weird choice for Peter when they first, cast him in the the original movies I wasn't a super big fan of that casting but but you know he's he's ingratiated himself with generations of people who see him as Peter Parker and I thought he followed through as a Peter Parker who successfully got his happily ever after with Mary Jane and all of this they still work to make it work which is great as dads we recognize that um and then and then Andrew Garfield who had that the heartbreak Both in terms of his series being cut short, but also in terms of the loss of Gwen Stacy, which is, I guess, one of the definitive moments in the comics. It's never, like, I get really properly gotten its due in in film, Uh, and I thought he just acted his heart out. He did a great job as kind of feeling like the lesser of the spy of the spider-man. So I thought, I thought they were like every moment they were on screen. I, I thought they, they were awesome. And, and I, I love, even if I take issue with how some of them got there or how it got about once they're there, um, and they're all working together and that scene in the lab and they're all like, Oh man, it's, I, it's all just like huge smile on my face, fan service, all, all all around, you know? Like uh I it, it's as you say, it's rare that this sort of stuff happens. Um and will it ever happen again? Probably not, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been a lot of rumbling about where Spider-Man goes from here. Um there's been talk that Sony will have its own Spider-Man outside of the MCU, whether that's Tom Holland been rumors about andrew garfield coming back although it sounds like he came back to do this because toby said yes and he's like well i can't say no now and they both both actors probably had unfinished business with the character and obviously really adore the character having having done these films and and really enjoyed them but i think you're right like
0: they did have unfinished business that's a good point neither of their last films really closed the loop exactly they
1: were both cut short and i mean I think, you know, Toby McGuire's uh films were cut short. Um, you know, they they I think they had a an idea for four and they were working on four actively and then they they rebooted it. But I think literally with Andrew Garfield's like Sony just bit off more than it could chew and, and basically doing what they're doing now, which is announcing a bunch of spin-offs and, and whatnot. And and now Sony is kind of looking to bring Spider-Man into their universe in some fashion. Um, And I don't think it'll be Tobey Maguire, but like there's also been talk on the other side with the MCU in that, you know, we have secret wars is now on the docket. It's coming in 2025 or whatever year. And that's another opportunity to bring in other versions of other characters. And I feel like we'll see that happen. I I don't know if we get both Spider-Man, both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, but I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in one of the two or or a character adjacent to that. Like, I think that you're going to see something come of this film from those heroes. I mean, we're already seeing it with Matt Murdock. I mean, Daredevil is is back in the MCU. He's going to be in She-Hulk in some capacity. Um, There's they've I think they've done a lot of. They did a lot of work here and I don't think it will be for naught. like, I think there's going to be stuff that comes from this film. Um, You know, uh, like Andrew Garfield, he was so well received in this film, which is crazy because I remember when his original amazing films came out, people really didn't like them. I thought they were fine. They were great spider. They were good Spider-Man films, but like a lot of people, didn't like them because they were up against the Toby Maguire films, which you're right, Crofton, like people hold those in high regard. Um, and they're not, you know,
0: they were, they were, uh, it was also part of the dark night Batman beginsification of Spider-Man. I think they were, they were seen as like, everything was like darker. Peter was portrayed in sort of like a cool skateboarding way. I think, I think, you know, and it was a corporate-driven reboot. Marvel, uh, Sony, to retain the Spider-Man rights, had to produce a new Spider-Man film. X many years, and t- the clock was running out. And they they put it out. So everything everything smelled of you know dollars and cents. And that first Amazing Spider-Man movie is a, a pretty good movie, uh, honestly. It's the second one uh, was the one that really you know put put an end to. Uh, to the series, but I think that people uh, are respecting Andrew, what Andrew Garfield brought. Like he's, he's just, he's a really good actor. I, I like, you know, he was in tick tock boom recently. He's, he's in a lot of films in which that he, he just delivers. He's a strong performer. Like Toby McGuire. I, I like, no offense to the cider house rules or anything. He has one performance that he sort of delivers mostly. I'm not a huge Toby guy. And so I just, I, and he's, still he, Delivered delivered it here as a sort of a wise and I thought he did great as I mentioned, but Andrew Garfield really was for me this the surprise standout because I didn't expect to be like, you know to to it, and again like we have not talked too much about the villains, but um you know everybody knows Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe are amazing. I think Jamie Foxx was the equivalent of Andrew Garfield uh, in the, in Electro didn't really, you know, he was, he was in that last movie. He didn't really get his due. And this was, this movie he did, you know, much better in, in, in all ways. It's so funny how this film was able to salvage so many bits and make things seem better in retrospect. And you have to, you know, you have to, um, think highly of it, but I, for, for that alone, but for me, the little bit, I love the little bits. I love like, like they really nail the dynamic between, you know, you know, young love between to, um, uh, uh, Mary, uh, Zadaya as, um, as, as Michelle and, and, and Peter Parker, like they, when they're having the call on the phone early on, Again, that's in like the first fifty minutes that go by so fast. and and they're, you know, they're talking about like she, she they're there it reminds you of those teenage conversations that you have, like, where you're talking about like she, she, you know, serious things, but then bouncing to joking things and then talking about your futures. And then she takes a moment to say, I'm really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And it's just like a really nice little thing. And she says it, you know, she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve. And she always talks about like the, the disappointment in this film. And it, it is sad because she is in the end disappointed, you know, like it, it is, you know, she, she doesn't know it but she she is and and so uh so all those little moments of her character and 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 ned being the third wheel like we'll all live together and you know um <laughs> uh, all, all of that stuff i thought uh, it reminded me why i love these characters so much that i only know from these films you know um and 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 uh kudos to uh Zodaya, Zodaya, i'm sure i'm butchering her her name um but uh, she uh, she was not really much of a presence in homecoming like she had a you know she's sort of a scene stealer in the background but she's not like you know she, she, she she's not the main she really steps into her own in, in far from home which again, I think is like, um, you know, a fantastic movie that's seen on the plane and farm from home, but she's, Peter is like competing with this other guy who's a total douche. And he's like sitting next to her on the plane. And then, uh, and then the plane lands and Ned is now dating Betty. And like, they, 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 they're, they're dating for the rest of the movie when, when they break up at the end or whatever. Ah, oh, young love, Peter, you'll never understand it. Um, but, uh, I thought I thought far from home was was killer with all that. It gave a lot of that where there was less of that in this film because they had to make room for everything else, right? So I mean, saying it's overstuffed is not uh, I don't think is a contentious a, a contentious bit i I just think that like it is now one of the most well received financially films of all time, and uh I'm just curious what that teaches people about. It teaches people about the enduring appeal of Spider-Man, but is it gonna is it gonna lead to like, as you say, a Secret Wars movie, eight other multiverse movies? Or is it gonna lit like yes, they 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 course corrected at the end and he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But if the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man movie comes out that I wanna see next and it makes one billion instead of two billion, well, does that mean that then the movie after that it's like into the super spider-verse with like Every, you know, like I, it's for I like these movies, these event movies, but at the same point, um, they're not the, the, uh, the stopping special if they're happening all the time. And it's the same reason, like this fall is across the Spider Verse, the sequel to Into the Spider Verse. And I love Into the Spider Verse. We watched it again, uh, and it was such a good movie. And then I, but I'm so scared. For this Across the Spider Verse Part One, it just seems like it may lose what made that movie so special, right? Um, uh, so I, I'm scared that the success of this movie will lead to more of this type of movie and less of like a movie with just like a main villain and a neat plot and good side characters and whatever, whatever, whatever. And Peter balancing his life with his superhero um stuff which is essentially the the core tension of peter parker it's it when spider-man's doing better peter parker's doing worse you know sort of thing or vice versa like there you know i he's got to save the day so he misses mj's play you know uh that sort of thing
1: yeah yeah and and here's the thing you won't have to worry about uh uh, well you'll have to worry about across the spider-verse for a little longer because it did get delayed till next june Oh, did it? Yeah. So it's coming out in June. It was supposed to come out in April 2022, but it's been pushed quite a bit um, with the second part coming out in March 2024. And, you know, the thing is, I I think with Spider-Man, you're going to see two things. I think you're going to see the MCU um, use him more sparingly. So I think you're going to get what you want there with Spider-Man and the MCU. But I think you're also going to see Sony go ham on this thing. Um and you know you're already seeing that with the spin-offs uh i think venom's really the only one that's worked both you know with fans and commercially like mobius mobius uh, morbius was a failure even though it had a bunch dumb. of yeah <laughs> a bunch of memes and uh, you know they're i think their next one they're working on they're working on a, a Craven the hunter and a, Mad- a madame web i think
0: is another one madame web yeah Webb. And I think that that's, you know, that might be a backdoor um, Spider-Woman stuff as well in there. I, I saw some stuff about that. You're right about, look, here's the thing, is I want Sony to go full hog with Spider-Man, as, but Spider-Man, like, I would love it. Like, if if even if they reached an agreement with the MCU that, like, I don't know, the Tom Holland or whatever, or they have their own Spider-Man, and, he does friendly neighborhood shit and then they or they do a Miles Morales Spider-Man. I, I I would love that. I just I just don't want every Spider-Man movie to be like this this one. Um not to say I have any particular beefs with this one, uh beyond the overstuffedness and some of the the, the plot logic. Um I, I I think it's a good movie. It's just that I don't I don't want it to be every time this like we've got to go bigger and better you know like in the um when the first batman movie came out like in 1989 and it was uh uh and it was then followed by batman returns it had twice as many villains uh, at three if you count max shrek christopher walken's character um and then and then every batman movie thereafter had to stuff in more characters and more side stuff that became kind of like the thing that you would do and you saw that the same was you know spider-man had the green goblin spider-man 2 uh, had Doctor Octopus, and then Spider-Man Three just went to went whole hog. They're like, we're gonna have Venom, we're gonna have Sandman, you know, we're gonna have this, we're gonna have that. Okay, Harry Osborn's gonna become the Hobgoblin or whatever. Like, they just you just go you just go too much, and then that's and it you know that's where you get your diminished returns. And I I guess for me, I would like to see it's good to do this. They did a good job of it, but I would just want to see that. They they regularly release Spider Man co- films that are going to be a little lower key, and that's why I don't want Sony is um, the MCU to do less Spider Man. I just want them to do street level Spider Man, and I don't know if they have any interest in that anymore. After after everything MCU. You know, it's all intergalactic crazy money, but Sony might have an interest. So maybe there's Spider-Man movies that just Sony could do. They'd be like, yeah, Tom Holland's still Spider-Man, but this is only like he's beating up Electro here or whatever, trying to make ends meet. And he got a job at the Daily Bugle and that's the movie. Um, uh,
1: I, think, I, I think based on where this film ends and comments from Marvel Studios execs, Spider-Man in the MCU. That's the next phase for him is friendly neighborhood. Spider-Man probably, you know, looking at, um, uh, another holiday film where he's interacting with, you know, MJ and Ned again. Like I, I don't think MJ while this film ends in a very sad note for, you know, uh, Peter Parker's relationship with his friend and girlfriend, um, I don't think that's gonna last very long. Like I think they are going to be back in the fold pretty quick. I don't like the idea of Ned Leeds like they're saying he could be you know the hobgoblin or whatever. Um there was that ongoing joke of like I promise not to try and kill you, to <laughs> go evil and try to kill you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. After the conversation with, you know, both uh both the other Peter Parkers. I like I hope that doesn't happen. I do want to see them come back, uh, you know, to their original state in terms of of their relationships. But um, I think you're going to get that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And I, I'm a little worried just like you, like, okay, maybe we get it for the first act, but they better not like, you know, rip the carpet from under us and bring back Mysterio or have this big, you know, to do adventure. But uh, I'm optimistic that we will get at least one, friendly neighborhood spider-man project from marvel studios i i think
0: yeah maybe um i i just think that like you know this might be a chance to to put a pin in this and come like i love tom holland but like you could come you could just be like this is the end of the road for him and let's do you know spider people get sick of countless reboots i know i i complain about them all the time but spider-man is like my all-time favorite character In fiction and um i i you know like uh, we recently recently enough played a version of spider-man in the insomniac uh video game that was a completely different adaptation of spider-man uh and uh and peter parker and then uh you know i we've seen Uh, You know different variants, even in the in the comic books. It's just that as people are exposed to them, they're now being exposed to all these variants. So there's no one one true Spider-Man, Peter Parker, six one six version uh, from the the comics or whatever. Like it's it's um, everybody has their own version of Peter or Miles or somebody else who resonates uh, who resonates with them now and. I just know that I come from a time. It's the thing where you never know where somebody's coming from. And like, for me, it's like, I bought comics at the pharmacy in the early nineties that like, for me, that comic that I have of cardiac uh, fighting Spider-Man, that is not important at all in the grand scheme of Spider-Man was important in my personal journey with Spider-Man. And I think, I think that like, as these things become bigger and bigger, they may be start becoming kind of more official canon of Spider-Man, like the Tobey Maguire stuff. Uh, like more than the comics, I think these films will now be how people think or remember or, or react to Spider-Man. And I mean like I, I've always been sensitive to that and it makes me a little bit sad. Uh, But it also makes me hopeful, like it makes me positive about reboots. So if they wanted to reboot, Tom Holland did a great job. And like, if it was somebody else, I would like Tom Holland did a great job, but he does not look or act like the Spider-Man in my imagination, you know, because that Spider-Man is inspired by other properties or other comics or whatever. So I do, I think that they could have somebody else, of course. And so you know, if they're gonna respec and do friendly like Spider Man has, it used to be had amazing powers to the point that like you're like, oh, you need a movie for this. You could do a live action Spider Man TV show now, smaller scale, sort of thing. And and I think that that like you know, there's a Superman TV show, like like. Why can't there be a Spider-Man live action TV? I think that would be awesome. And then I think you would be able to do much more like crimes of the week. People talk about wanting to have the Sinister Six or these these longer developed plot arcs. You could do that over a TV show. I think a TV show for Spider- Spider Spider-Man could totally like, and I know there's countless animated series, but like I I would really I, I like for me, like if there was a Disney plus Spider-Man show, I would be there day one. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I know Tom Holland's a big star now probably wouldn't be him, you know, but they'll never do that because it diminishes the value of the films, right?
1: Uh, I think the biggest hurdle with a Spider-Man TV show would be Sony owning the rights. I, I, I think that right now Marvel would love to do more with the Spider-Man property but they can only do a movie here a crossover there
0: but sony could do it without them like sony could do their own marvel uh, they could like everybody's they like if i'm sony that's what i do everybody's so concerned about them messing like the madam web movies what the hell is that let, let let's uh let's do uh let's let's do a prestige spider-man tv show um live action on tv um you know and 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 see where you go from there because you can really like i i think they'd probably say like you know it's gonna cost a shit ton of money over time but you can have entire episodes that are like high school bullshit you know um anyway yeah i'm now now i'm i'm just fan casting but i will say i think that my you know the the no way home of it all um the marketing was insane that the fact that they edited out all these characters of these clips, they kept it a secret for so long, even if it was like the worst kept secret and everybody knew it. Um, you know, like I knew it when I was coming into, to I'm like, okay, these guys are, these guys are going to show up. Uh, and, uh, but e- you know, even what with, with what they showed in the marketing was enough to hype everyone up. Just showing Dr. Octopus goes to show you how much people care about the, uh, the the previous films, the character, the property, and stuff like that. So, I mean, they did a good job here, and I know you're super high on it. I, I feel like, like I want to be more high on it, uh, and I just, I just, there's just, it just feels too corporate and and too full for me to full throat endorse it at the same point when I watched it again I was laughing all the time enjoying all the character interactions and all of this the only thing is like when it when a movie that is so that is like this asks to be taken seriously like when it kills off Aunt May and says okay now' we're, we're being serious now like she was joking earlier we had all these joke scenes we're gonna release a more fun stuff edition but this part this is serious. It's hard. It's hard for me to switch on and be like, okay, I, you know, this is this is a. I was like, they're not killing Aunt May, are they? And the scene is so well performed by both actors. Marissa Tomei was great as Aunt May, but as a different version of Aunt May. But it was it was just uh, I could have done without it. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of its the film's pacing, it moves pretty quick, and um, they they move into that moment pretty quick and. I, th- I think that they they find narrative reasons for there to be that quick switch. And it is the fact that a the Green Goblin is this character of dueling personalities and there is that flip. And it makes sense for for him as the villain to be the most maniacal in terms of killing off a character like of all the villains that are there. Yeah, it makes sense for Green Goblin to be the one to do it.
0: Oh, yes. I love that. He's always – in the comics, he's always been Spider-Man's arch em, arch enemy. But because the first movie they didn't know how it was going to do necessarily, you know, they had him in that first movie and they got in the habit of killing off these villains, which is another thing that this film really finds a, a clever way of kind of um, undoing. And Willem Dafoe, uh, like he was amazing cast casting day one for Norman Osborn, but he's just – Kills both versions of Osborne here, oh man, so good
1: yeah and and again, like in terms of the pacing, after the moment of aunt may's death there there is there there is a good chunk of time of of mourning and but they do kind of leave Peter parker mourning off screen as they introduce the other other spider man but like. The idea of the world ending, the universe ending, or their universe ending as as all these Spider-Man characters are coming through, I think that's what buys you a little bit of believability in terms of the pacing there. Because, like, okay, we have to snap out of it because I've got, you know, not only multiple Spider-Men, but multiple villains who are trying to um, stop us from sending them back and, and, in effect, saving our universe. Like, there is a catastrophic world ending thing happening there. So I think that the film does have to get you back on track while not ruining the memory of AMA because you do get that final scene at the end where, you know, happy you get that reunion, although brief between happy and Peter and, um, at the gravesite of, of AMA. So I like, again, you're, you're right. It feels very quick. It feels very like a bit of a, you know, a bit of whiplash there, but, At the end of the day, they put in these other little bits to make it feel not so bad, like in terms of the way it's structured. But you're right. Like in terms of a two and a half hour film, it's a bit of a roller coaster in terms of, you know, we need you to take this very seriously. Okay, now back to the fun other Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: back to because he's then Andrew Garfield's cleaning webs off the ceiling, you know, like uh, in the next. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying that there is there is. And again, like I think Aunt May was killed. Partially to to uh, add you know add stakes to what is you know essentially a lowest sta- lower stake film like uh, he's trying to save but it also makes him look dumb like one one of the problems that is is like uh, this is more an inherent Spider-Man character problem but but um, was was seen here so like I read I read this series uh, it was like in the late nineties called Maximum Carnage. Uh, and it was like a 14 part across all these Spider-Man comics. Uh, and essentially Carnage is like a symbiote from the Venom symbiote, but it's like, imagine the Venom symbiote bonds with a serial killer goes off on, he goes off on this serial killing spree. Um, and Spider Man in one at one point has an op has the chance to kill him, you know, or like to, or even it's not even to kill him. I think as much as like let Venom kill him because Venom and Spider Man have to time, team up, amongst many others. And of course, Spider Man can't do that, um, and that's what makes him Spider Man. It's the same like Batman can never kill the Joker, even though the Joker is going to kill twenty more people, right? Like so. It, it is it is one of those things where um i, I find i find that the spider-man not being able to like like it's a great it's a great personal attribute but like him like getting into a brawl with dr Strange like, and saying like, no, no we're going to try to cure it and save all these people and send them back to their universe fixed and I'm going to mess with the whole space-time continuum even though all these multiverses may collide into each other and I'm going to beat you up, Dr. Strange, and hang you up in your in your mirror dimension so I can go and and, and do this. Like I just felt that it was – I mean it, it's absolutely the Spider-Man that I love like that that values every human life and stuff but it does leave you scratching your head you're just like no just come on dude just send them back they're not even supposed to be here like what are, you know like <laughs> you're not you're not responsible for any of this shit like um and uh and, and, and but of course you know he is and like in the sense of in the sense of making the film shorter or just tighter like I, you know, Dr. Benedict Cumberbatch does always a great job with Dr. Strange, but all that stuff like fighting Dr. Strange and like the time that takes the police interrogation at the beginning, there's just like, when you think about what is the actual story you're trying to tell in this movie, there's just a lot of stuff. It's like, yeah, let's have a scene with Daredevil. He's going to perhaps be in some future property. Let's have him shown here to get everybody to pop for a second, you know, like just to tell Peter that his legal problems are over. Ah, uh, but never come back. I just felt that, like, I mean, if you you could edit this film and and change some things, and I think it would I think it would be stronger as a film as a as a universe thing, though. I mean, i I, I think it's tough to make any arguments against what they did. Everybody loves it. so um, so uh, so yeah, i I, I would say that. I would welcome just like, you know, Ryan, as we close here, and any any closing remarks you may have on the film, uh, you know, I, I know it's there's so much to talk about in this film, but I would I would welcome here what other people think who listen to the spoiler cast who who have, like am I am I being too harsh on this film? Is Ryan being too soft on it? Like like uh, let's actually, you don't even know what we would score it. Ryan, what would you score this film out of ten?
1: Uh. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? You pretty much set me up there because I, I, when I love something, I I, it it gets a pretty high score. So I think out of of ten, I'd say nine, maybe nine and a half. Like I really, really like this movie, even the second time through.
0: And I would say seven from me which is which is like i mean 7 is good you know like mm-hmm. i like this movie it's just that you know when when you give something a 7 you're often more preoccupied with the 3 it didn't get you know and, and and that's that's you know that's the case that i i'm in now but hopefully i've said enough good stuff about it to justify why i would give it give it a 7 and honestly it's a movie that i would i would absolutely Watch again, although it's always you know, even though it breezes by a two and a half hour film is always you know, as a dad, it's always you know uh, a task, and also like the action sequences in the film are, um, which are are things that rewatch easily are kind of spaced out enough that you know you're not oh I can't close this conversation without mentioning, and I know anybody who's listening to this has probably listened to other Dungeons and Diapers content. But my this this movie and probably docs an entire point for this, um it, it, one of my biggest Spider-Man pet peeves of all time, it, this is perhaps the biggest, it is the biggest offender, uh is is the the no masks on Spider-Man uh, uh, issue, which Ryan I, I'm sure you remember me ranting about. I do, but, yeah. uh but but the idea here is in the comics. Spider-Man always wears his mask. Um, Nobody knows he's Peter Parker, but even when they do know, he doesn't regularly take it off. Um, Kids are not drawn to Spider-Man because of Peter Parker's face. They're drawn to him because he looks awesome. He has an awesome costume that stood the test of time. Uh, And this movie... Just would not let him wear a mask. Uh, And when the two other Spider Man came, that went by times three. Uh, And they'd all be standing around in their full suits with no mask. And I hate to break it to you guys. You look stupid. Uh, (laughs) You got to wear your full outfit, or it's like wearing a, a tuxedo with no shoes. I mean, that's fine but like why aren't you wearing shoes you know um and uh and for me it was just a constant thing like and i'd be you know trying to figure out why did they lose the mask i would be pausing and i'm like why doesn't he have a mask right here like what happened to get the ma- i'm like where did the mask come off he had it in this scene or often they just whip it off oh we're you know we're we're doing this thing when when he's fighting doc Hog. Um, which is about the longest he ever keeps a mask in the early stage of the movie. He's fighting Doc Ock on the bridge and then he gets nailed into this pillar and then he's got a magic suit. So the mask just pops (laughs) off. anyway. It's just like, of course it does. Um, But uh, yeah, anyway, I just want to point out that if you are making a Spider-Man movie, for the love of God, please let him wear a mask. And I know that actors hate wearing masks because it stops their ability to emote. And it could be anyone and they want people to see their faces and all that. But you can have great Peter Parker scenes and different things. Maybe you can even do that Toby Maguire battle ravage thing where at the end of the movie, like half the mask is ripped off. And so you see their mouth and they get a little bit of face time. But uh, yeah, God, stupid mask removal. I hate it so much. <laughs>
1: Honestly, uh, yeah, that didn't really bug me. I, I feel like the, well, obviously this film is, is, is basically one big setup for no mask. Uh, he literally like, I think he, he has the Spider-Man mask on. Then he runs into like feast the, where he's uh, getting, trying to get to Aunt May, who said that the green goblin showed up and he literally rips the mask off as he's in feast. Cause I mean, he realizes like, it doesn't matter. Everyone knows it's me. Um, and then the other Spider Men, they're from other universes, so that doesn't really matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, no- nothing ever matters. They're just like, wow, we don't, we don't wear masks. Like I, like I, I just think, like, had they walked through the portals too, when Ned makes the portals, which was their big reveal, you know, had they walked through wearing their masks, they don't, right? They come uh, through like Garfield no does
1: because they think it's they He's, think it's Tom Holland until he takes the mask off. Right,
0: right, yes. Yeah, he takes his mask off, but Toby doesn't, right? No,
1: Toby is not wearing the suit. Uh, he's just right. dressed.
0: Yeah, in he's a city. just yeah. He's a church whatever pastor uh uh Peter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> youth pastor. <laughs> but uh youth pastor, yeah. Uh that was a good line. But uh but yeah, no, I I I think that um I I do, I, I know it's it seems like an irrational thing, uh but I feel like with Batman, and maybe it's because they show the lower half of his mouth. They never got into the 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 um, they never gave into the temptation of having him in no mask all the time. They actually really bought that. No, look, Batman is is like he's trying to scare the shit out of people. That is his costume is part of the getup and all of that. Spider-Man he's trying to hide his secret identity. Yes, I know it's out of the you know whatever, um, but like it it just it's just the 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 full mask i can't think of a superhero that has a full mask where they oh maybe sorry deadpool i guess they where they commit to it like and they he actually wears the mask for most of the film deadpool like if they could show the restraint they had a deadpool for a spider-man film i would be very appreciative like in the next movie he doesn't have to be Spider-Man all movie when he's Peter Parker. Don't wear the mask. Obviously, you're not going to go to a restaurant wearing the mask. But if you're if you're Spider-Man, be Spider-Man. You know, it's it's not complicated. Anyway, rant over. Uh, they lost a point for that.
1: Yes. Well, that's fine. And I mean, you know what? Um, we should wrap it up. But I, I, I think you're right. Uh, unless they undo it in the first hour of that next film they're going to do, I think you'll have a mask on when he's Spider-Man. So there you go.
0: Wendy Ryan, just like closing out, when do you think the next movie, like you're you're big on the corporate knowledge shenanigan things? When's the next one coming out?
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, Disney has announced their full phase five and partial phase six slate at Comic-Con, although they have not usually announced the Spider-Man films because those are Sony's to announce. Um so I, I think you're waiting until 2025. I mean, they, they've done these Spider-Man films at a steady clip, uh, with an name of every two years, which is faster than most sequels come out for, for MCU films. Usually it's two or three or four or five sometimes, but I would say in 2025, we'll get at least another Spider-Man, um, crossover, uh, with the MCU, whether it's Secret Wars or, uh the other Avengers film. I think it's the Kang dynasty, but I think we're going to have to wait a bit. I think, um, I think, I think you'll probably see something more Spider-Man related from Sony uh, as opposed to Marvel, if that makes sense. So yeah, it probably, yeah,
0: it does make sense. It just feels like this movie, like everybody knew it was going to make a lot of money, but it made a crazy amount of money. Like I, I, I just feel Everybody's going to be like, okay, let's get back to the kitchen, and start cooking, like, because you're right. When I saw that breakdown at Comic Con or wherever they were uh, of all the um, of all the films, I was like, oh no, Spider Man, that's that sucks. I mean, like, there must be something going on. Then and then I clued into, oh, it's probably a Sony you know, a Sony thing in which they're going to, you know, they're going to fit it in. Uh, And now because they've taken the step back to maybe making it a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that won't necessarily impact, like, are they now, was this the out? Uh, And this is the thing I keep asking myself, like prior to this film, as you alluded to earlier, they had the big conflict. So now that conflict is over, but like, are, are they done? Like this movie sets up perfectly where Tom Holland can now walk off the MCU and and do friendly neighborhood Spider-Man movies with Sony. Like, Sony doesn't necessarily need Marvel. Um, and now it makes sense, where after the last movie, it made zero sense, right? It was a direct-to-be-continued movie, you know? Like, how were they going to get out of that? But, uh, but now it feels like they could... Just be like, okay, Marvel, that's good. We're going to do our local Spider-Man films now, and with with Tom Holland and uh, print bags of money without you.
1: Yeah, well, there's in the contract we have now. Uh, there's at least one more Spider-Man appearance in a crossover MCU film. Um, although that being said, there's been a lot of talk between Sony and Marvel, especially when this movie was coming out. They said, "Look, we know everyone went through a hardship when we split up that one summer." we are here to confirm we are working together on Spider-Man 4 like that's happening. Now, again, it take that seriously or not, I I think that I think you're I think Sony's going to get to have his have their cake and eat it too and that they'll have their own Spider-Man projects with Spider-Man and they'll have their MCU Spider-Man stuff as well, whether that's Holland or another character. Uh, you know, we'll see, but I I think I think 2023 is going to be a focus on bringing into the Spider Verse back, and then I think you know you'll see Spider Man return in some fashion, live action in 2024. So and,
0: yeah. And when's when's Insomniac's next game coming out? Is that That's next year too? Next year, yeah, 2023. Okay, yeah. No, I I'm I'm stoked for that. So there is some Spider Manage coming down down the pipe, and we've got the fun extra new stuff edition. Which would be good. I would like it. I think if there was a, if there was more, um, I'm sure it'll be more Toby and Andrew stuff. But if there was more stuff with the homecoming gang too, I think that would be good as well. I'm, I'm keen to see. I don't think I'll go out to theaters for it, but uh, I, I definitely would, will enjoy figuring out and watching what the new fun stuff is. Ryan.
1: Indeed, looking forward to it.
0: I would just say, before closing out, um, again, to our listeners, we've never done one like this, devoted to a particular topic and hashing it out or whatever, special Dungeons & Diapers feature. If you would like more of those or you have something you want us to tackle, let us know. We will talk about it, consider it. Maybe it's something we can do. Um, again, if it fits our schedule, if we're passionate enough about it, uh, we, you know, uh, and if there's a desire for it, we we would be uh, amenable to doing it. So uh, we will get, get caught in the sticky web of uh, spoiler casts and, and that sort of thing. Um, all right. So Ryan, any final words before we swing off into the distance?
1: Uh, man, what can be said that hasn't already been said besides, man, just so much Spider-Man going on right now.
0: So much Spider-Man. I love him so much. It's just funny because childhood character for me, you know, I, I grew up and Spider-Man wasn't popular when I grew up to the extent that he is now. In fact, the only action figure you could buy Marvel secret wars put out like, um, in 1984, they put out a line of, of, of uh heroes including spider-man my mom drove to montreal which is about two hours away this is in the pre-amazon days obviously way back when to find me that figurine for christmas because all i wanted was a spider-man action figure and as an adult you would think that you know the, the I would be over it, if you will, but I, I still I think the values that Spider-Man stands for, the fact uh, the the ordinariness, the uh, uh, that you know that the identifies him as a superhero, uh, I think is something that re- will always resonate with me, and I'll always be here for this this uh, these Spider-Man movies. So looking forward to the next one, Ryan. Looking forward to the next one. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next time on Dungeons and Diapers.
1: Bye, everyone.